Hey, everybody, how's it going? Another exciting, thrilling edition of Snowbirding 101, episode two. Christine, what is up? How are you? Well, good. How are you? Doing great. Christine, where are you joining us from? You what? Where are you joining us from? I'm joining us from Orlando. Um, so for those of you who are just tuning in, this is Snowbirding 101. We're going to come to you with a, did we decide monthly? Monthly series? Monthly. Yes. Um, just talking about, you know, if you've had any thoughts of moving down to Florida, down to the warmth, um, down to the sunshine, uh, this is a great series to kind of get you started. And um, just we're, we're going to talk about pretty much everything. We're going to pick a topic each month. Um, this month, we are talking about the differences in construction, what to expect. There's so many differences. Like Bill was saying that anything that is what, what'd you say? New construction is after the war. Before, yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny to me. Um, foundations, that's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously things are really different. Um, and so I'll just start with that first difference is that you're going to find a lot newer homes here. Um, especially in the Orlando area. We were going to have Janet from Tampa on our show today. Um, she's sick, so we'll have her on probably next month. But I, I can't speak for every city, but that's why we're bringing on a bunch of different agents. But I can speak for Orlando. And um, here in Orlando, especially the county that I'm in, which is Seminole County, um, you're seeing the majority of homes in 1980s, 1990s, and then a ton of new construction. Um, like my house is built in 2016. So um, it really helps with your home insurance. Um, who, who wouldn't want to insure a brand new home? It's, uh, it's so refreshing to hear because, you know, we get a lot of buyers looking in the Melrose area here and sit down and they're like, we want that open concept floor plan. We want, uh, you know, something relatively new. We don't have to put a lot of time in. It's like, uh, out of North Carolina, uh, <laughs> it just doesn't exist up here. You know, don't have the charm of those old homes. And here, our new construction's really built on maybe like a quarter of an acre, and they are quote cookie cutter homes. So basically, the builder, um, you know, gets a plan new development in a subdivision. Sometimes it's gated, sometimes it's not, and they have anywhere between like three and seven floor plans and they pretty much just build those over and over and over again so it is pretty cool you can go in it's called semi-custom so you can go in and you can choose the floor plan you can choose your lot and then um, you can choose all the finishes but they already have all of the plans for the home done um, and then the outside of them look different you choose like your elevations there's usually like two or three different outside uh, aesthetic options that you can do um, but it's, it's a good, it's a good system. It takes them about four months to build the home. And so that's from scratch. That's from dirt on the ground. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think the good news is like a lot of people up here, you know, have lived in their, you know, 1890s Victorian or turn of the century, uh, colonial 1920s colonial. And they've spent 15, 20, 25 years with the upkeep of that property. And I think they're pretty much done 
you know, with the charm aspect yeah. of it. I'm kind of looking for something easy. Um, so I think that's obviously a great fit. Um, and it, we'll get a little nerdy here about the architecture and how things are built. So most of the stuff here, Christine, is, um, you know, wooden uh, frame construction. Uh, what is it mostly kind of, tell us, tell us what it is down in, in Florida usually. Yeah, so in Florida, um, it's mostly block. It's mostly concrete block um, on the first floor at least. And then if there's a floor above, it's wood framed on that second floor, of course. Um, so that we do have wood framed homes. Um, whenever we're going through the inspection process, it's always something that the buyers ask about if it's wood framed. We are a little bit weary here. As long as the seller has really kept up with the termite bond, we're we're fine. Um, I'm sure everyone probably has termite bonds there, right? Uh, no. So let this is good. We're talking about we we do have homes with termites in okay. them. It's they're largely the subterranean. They're not the okay. flatter. So um, where we will see termite damage is in the sill of the home. Uh, which here we most homes, almost all homes have basements, and so the sill—I don't know if you really have a sill in a uh, in a slab home. You don't. So the sill is a two by four that separates the home from the foundation. Okay. Usually underground, and um, that's one of the first things a home inspector will check. He'll check, yeah. he'll poke around that sill to make sure there's no damage to that or in the floor joists or. Uh, you know, the main beams, uh, girders yeah. that go across. So, but yeah. that's, that's it. That's where usually if the termites have gotten higher than that, then you got a major issue, but uh, it's usually down there. So tell us about the termite bond. So the termite bond is just something that it's basically a promise. You, you pay a company and they come out and um, they'll check for termites. They'll spray for termites. And if you have a wood framed home and you do not have a termite bond, it is kind of a red flag here. Um, just because it's, it's kind of like a taboo, like no one would really want that. Um, so if you do have a wood framed home in Florida, you would have to keep up the termite bond, but most of them are the block construction homes. Um, and then, you know, no worries there. Um, our home is, our homes are built on slab. If you dig too deep, you're gonna hit water here. So we obviously don't have any basements. Um, I actually am under contract on a home right now and um, it's in a little town outside of Orlando called Geneva. And just that town uh, has, or part of that town has its own aquifer. So it's called the Geneva bubble. And so apparently it's a really good thing to be on the Geneva bubble. So you can tap into things like that. Um, so that's, as far as digging down deep, you're, you're not going to, you're all on slab. Um, what else we talk about? Oh, so there's a couple things whenever people are coming in from out of state that, um, like every state, I think in, sometimes even every county just has like, it's things to kind of look out for in a home inspection. And you were saying yours was, um, nice, uh, elevated levels of radon gas. Okay. Gas emitted from rock. Which yeah, is not going to be an issue in Florida. Not, it's not. Yeah. Um, so we don't, we don't check for stuff like that. But one thing we do check for, um, pretty seriously, is called defective drywall. Um, in 2005, 2004, 2005, and 2006, and even parts of 2007, 
the homes, they, they had found this, what they called Chinese drywall. And they thought it was a, a much more um, cheap kind of a drywall that they were apparently bringing from China. And turns out after some long-term studies and people lived in the homes for a certain amount of time, it is toxic. Um, and you can tell, inspectors can do a an inspection and they can tell if there is this defective drywall or Chinese drywall in the home. Um, there's certain parts of town and certain builders used that. And then of course the certain years, cause they did stop using it after 2007 whenever they really started to catch on to what was going on. So that's one of the bigger things. Um, the newer homes are not being built with this defective drywall. So uh, you don't have to worry about that. But um, whenever you write an offer, you have to put in the defective drywall in pretty much every single home just in case. And yeah. then, you know, it's kind of saying like, hey, we're going to check for this. Thank you for making us aware. And then the other thing was the kind of piping. Um, we use copper piping, we use uh, PEX piping, we use PVC piping, but the one that you really don't want to run into is called polybutylene piping. Um, I'm not sure when they started using this. Uh, a lot of homes that were built in like the 80s, if they haven't been replumbed in the Orlando area, do have the polybutylene piping. And um, a lot of times the sellers will never have had a problem. They've, they've never had a pipe burst. It's not toxic like the defective drywall is. It's just, it's shown to not hold up as well. Right. Um, and so a lot of leaks happen. So sometimes you you go through an inspection and the house has polybutylene piping, but there hasn't been any leaks, but you still are going to have to get that replaced for your insurance. Your insurance won't insure it or they'll give you 30 days to insure it. Okay. Okay, yeah. gotcha. so that's kind of like um, uh, electrical here. If, if the old knob and tube uh, electrical wiring is found in your house here, it's really tough to get that insured. But you'll have 30 days after closing to replace yeah. it. And that's awfully, it can, it can be awfully expensive. Yeah. You're running uh, wires through, the, could be the entire house uh, to, uh, to replace it. So. Um, that type of pipe is it is it a plastic or is it a metal it is and you can tell you can actually see it um where we check for it even just during our showings if i know that the home has been built in the 80s or early 90s and i know on the seller's disclosure that the home hasn't been replumbed, i will check and it's pretty easy you just um go under the kitchen sink and look for gray piping um, you can check under the kitchen sink and if you see gray piping, then I would head over to one of the bathrooms, check under the, the piping there. And if there's also gray piping, then, um, you might have an issue, but you know, I wouldn't let that stop you. I would still get, um, an inspector in because sometimes I've seen it where only the piping that's polybutylene is right under the sink. Mm -hmm. So maybe they repiped, but they only repiped part of the house. So it could be a lot cheaper. Um, you really have to see all of the piping to check. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And but it's not a big deal. Honestly, a lot of times we've had a lot of luck um, having the sellers, you know, give a credit or, or um, you know, giving you that money at closing to repipe. Okay. So sellers understand if they have it, they're going to have to either fix it or compensate the buyer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Just because you know, any any buyer is going to ask for that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, 
flood zones. Oh. Talk flood zones. Um, we have them here in Massachusetts, but they are rare. Okay. And they are, you know, if you have to carry flood insurance, is I would say less than, you know, 3% of the homes in our area are in an actual flood zone. Mm -hmm. um, we have to be real careful about if your house is near water or near wetlands, you need to, because FEMA is always changing the map on, you know, what's in a flood zone, what's not, how severe the flood zone is. Um, so it's something, if a, if a seller is trying to sell a house that's in a flood zone, you definitely have to adjust the price for it oh. because um, it's just not the norm. So let's talk flood zones in Florida. Yeah. So they're everywhere. Um, and as far as pricing, you know, an appraiser doesn't bring it up. We don't bring it up on our listing appointments. It, it wouldn't affect the price at all just because it's so common. And if you're in a flood zone, um, usually you're on a lake. So your price is going to go up. Uh, I actually, even if we have, you know, we've got hurricanes and we do have heavy rains in the, in the, uh, summer, um, a lot of people, even if you're not in a flood zone, they have flood insurance. So, um, mm -hmm. just, that's kind of part of being in Florida. That's part of the, part of the take from being close to water all the time. Um, so pretty much everyone around a lake is going to be in a flood zone 90% of the time. If they've got a big lot then sometimes just part of the lot is in the flood zone, but um, it's up to your lender and your insurance company if you're still gonna have to carry the flood insurance. Um, it's pretty cheap. It's not gonna tack on a lot. If you're already buying lakefront, you can probably afford the extra $100 a year. Like, I think that's that's really cool. Really? Quote. Only $100 a year? Mm -hmm. Wow. Pretty cheap okay. for the flood insurance. Um, yeah, it's, it's just not something that it's gonna bother somebody. So if you're in a flood zone, we have different flood zones and I will have to double check on this, but there's a flood zone, it's AE. If you're in an X flood zone, that means you're good. You're not in a flood zone, but AE is, is a flood zone. It means that there's a possibility. And I think that the stat is like, that means that there is a 1% chance your home can flood that year. So mm -hmm. it's not huge. Um, you know, around, uh, around lakes and everything, you've got a lot of seawalls. So people have experienced this over a couple of years. They know how high the water is going to rise. And, um, you know, homes are not built to flood. So we expect things. Um, and around lakes, we still have some of those like cracker style houses where they're, the living space is built on that second floor. And then underneath is sometimes just stilts or sometimes it's a it's a finished garage um, the seller can really uh the owner can really decide what they want to do with that um but yeah flood zones just it's just kind of part of the process here yeah yeah like how how wood framed homes are part of the process there mm -hmm. so we just keep on mm -hmm. on and does everyone i mean probably not so much in orlando but talk about hurricane insurance like that's obviously different than flood insurance, right? Yeah. So I think it's something along these lines. If you, um, if you, this is why I say that you should still get flood insurance because if you have the hurricane insurance, that hurricane deductible through just your regular insurance, your home insurance, but what is it? It's like if, if, a if it floods, I'll have to look it up, but if it, floods in the home 
it's not going to take care of what the flood damage was. It's it doesn't have to do with so flood insurance and hurricane insurance are completely different. Mm-hmm. If, if if you're worried about your home flooding during a hurricane, you need flood insurance because the hurricane insurance won't work on it. Okay. Yeah, there's more like wind damage, maybe. Yeah. Or... So I think the hurricane damage would have to do more with like things falling on your house, um, you know, stuff like that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned, you know, a lot of homes are going to be in a kind of a planned development. Yes. Um, so people are familiar with association fees here with okay. respect to condos. You know, it's depending on the building, if it's you're downtown Boston and you're in a higher end building, you've got concierge, you're looking yep. at condo fees, you know, around a thousand dollars a month where, or if you're near Melrose and you're in a, a converted three family, that's now three condos. Now you're talking about a hundred dollars a month. So tell us about kind of what those fees are like, if you have mellow roofs or anything like that. Yeah. So we really just have, um, HOAs. What happened is builders, uh, developers really took a couple acres and they divided it up and then they sold it. Once they did that, they sold it to a builder and that's when the builder, you know, got what I was telling you earlier, maybe three to eight floor plans and started building. Um, some of them are spec homes, which means that they didn't have anyone in mind whenever they were building it. Um, they just built it and then hoped that someone liked it enough to buy it. Um, so, you know, some of them are gated. If it's gated, then your HOA is going to be a little bit higher, of course, because your community is paying for that. Um, most of our planned unit developments have some sort of a wall around them at least, but they're not necessarily gated. Um, and for that, uh, that can run you anywhere between, um, $10 a month to $25 a month. And then the ones with the gates, um, usually they're paid quarterly. It can be upwards of a hundred dollars a month for those neighborhoods with the gates on them. Okay. And then we've got a golf course. There might be additional fees there. Yeah. So if there's a golf course, so what we have here also is called an optional HOA. Um, you'll have your mandatory HOA for your gates and for the streets and keeping everything kind of like nice and tidy. And then you can have an optional HOA, which maybe that means that you're picking choosing your amenities. So if you want to pay into the golf monthly so that you can use it, you can. Um, and if you don't pay, you can't use that. Same thing with a lot of uh, lakefront properties. There's going to be an optional HOA to use the amenities on the lake um, or clubhouses and stuff like that. So they'll keep track. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, I think that's, did you have anything else to add? I think that's all I had on my notes. Um, I just had, you know, as far as pools, we talked about pools a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah. Here, obviously don't add a ton of value because you can use them for a minute and a half here in new England. Yeah. Different story in Florida. Yeah. If you have a, a big home, maybe four or five bedrooms, um, which kind of might allude to you having a family, you having kids. Um, most of the homes are going to have pools here. Cause that's something to do with the kids, you know? 
Um, and if you don't have a pool, it will take a little bit longer for your home to sell just as a general, as a general idea. Um, so it definitely increases the value and it increases the desirability of the home. Um, most people in Florida, that's a non-negotiable for them. Right. They also have a pool. So when I'm sitting with a buyer and we're going through their wants and their needs list, the pool is usually on the needs list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. And then a lot of, um, a lot of communities also have a community pool. So that's a great way to meet neighbors, great way to meet friends. That's uh, a, a great way to spend your Saturday and your Sunday at the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there, do people like install pools at all, or it's just pretty much you're either buying one with a pool or it's not even worth it. And how much, what are those costs typically like? Yeah. So whenever, uh, you decide to buy a house and maybe it doesn't have a pool or another good example is that new construction, a lot of new construction doesn't, don't come with the pool. Now you can have the builder put a pool in, but it is so much more expensive. Um, if you buy new construction and you say, Christine, I really wish that, that house had a pool. Okay, we'll have my pool guy come out after you close because you're going to be paying double if the builder is doing it themselves. So, um, okay. so um, you, yeah, people will just come plan the pool. You'll need to give them a survey and um, you will just have them come in. They'll come through the side yard. They tear up your grass. Pretty much, you're going to have to resod, but you can um, design your own pool and put it in. Nice, nice. And then, yeah. the typical cost, do you know? Like, is it is it twenty thousand or ten? What is it? Depends on the kind of pool that you want. Yeah. Um, I would say twenty thousand to start, and then up from there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Depends cool. on how fancy you are. Yeah. But I would definitely recommend it. It's 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 it does get hot here in the summer. It's a great way to entertain friends and family. We're always out on the back deck, you know, eating dinner out there or laying in floaties. Yeah. It's a yeah. Good time. You are. It's a good time. What is the temperature in Orlando right now, by the way? Right now? Um, what do you what do you think it is? I'm gonna go seventy six. It's probably. 85. Oh, <laughs> Not a cloud in the sky. Oh, well, it is cloudy and a little bit breezy, and I'll be lucky to get to 60 degrees here. Yeah, I got my first sunburn of the season last weekend, so it's game on. It's <laughs> me right now. I'm not using my humidifier in my house anymore. <laughs> Party on. We'll need those here, that's for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Christine. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, next month, we'll have more exciting. Hopefully, we'll dive into, we'll have our guests ready to go, um, and we'll be talking about specific uh, markets in Florida. And if you have any questions or anything you would like us to discuss, please feel free. Comment below. Shoot us an email. Christine, what's the best way to get a hold of you? My email, uh, Christine sells Orlando at gmail.com, or you could call or text me at 407-415-2412.
cool. And I'm at BillB at the Bill Butler Group .com or give me a ring or text 617-771-9376. Christine, have a fabulous weekend outside. <laughs> sunscreen. I'm dying right now. <laughs> All right. See you next month. Cool. Take care. Bye, everybody. <laughs>